Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise God. This morning I'm speaking on the topic, always pray. Always pray. Jesus told his parables, the disciple, these parables, his disciples a parable in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. And it says that one day Jesus told his disciples a parable to show that they should always pray and never give up. And in the parable, which I won't go through in too much detail, it's a, a woman, a widow, and she's trying to get justice from a judge. She's actually unjust. And she just keeps going back and back and back to him. And she won't give up until she, he gives her justice. And he doesn't, he's not, he's not a Christian guy. He doesn't fear God. He's not a good Jew. But he just says, look, I don't fear God. I don't, I'm not interested in what people think. But because she keeps persisting and troubling me, I'll give her what she wants. And then it says, and shall not God give justice to his own chosen people who cry out day and night to him? I tell you, he will bring justice to them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So it's a strange kind of parable because it's like God is completely just, completely fair, completely wonderful, and he so wants to bless us. But Jesus uses this parable to show that even someone who's not great will respond to persistence. How much more God who loves us and wants to bless us, he wants to bless us. He wants our life to be fantastic on his terms, of course. And so he teaches us one of the ways to do that is to always pray, always pray. We have a theme at the moment from the inside out. That's what we're doing this month. We're talking about what's on the inside so that that can come on the outside. You can see that beautiful rock, so stunning on the inside, but rather plain on the outside. And one of the great ways that we're going to be glorious on the inside, we're going to be who we're meant to be, we're going to bring glory to God, is by praying, is by praying. That's the bottom line. Chris spoke last week, abide in me. Well, one of the most important ways that we abide in him is to pray. It's a huge part of living from the inside out. So today I'm going to speak on always pray. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to ask God to teach us to pray. The disciples didn't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray. We really don't. People find it hard to pray. If you find it hard to pray, welcome to the club. Everyone finds it hard to pray. The reason we find it hard to pray is because the devil hates us praying. He doesn't want you to pray. He does not want you to pray. So he will find a million different reasons and ways to make it hard for you to pray. And so today I want to help to teach us to pray so that maybe we can pick up something that will help us to break through into this realm of prayer, this realm of regular daily prayer that's such an adventure and so exciting and so amazing that we can talk to God. We can talk to the one who loves us. It's amazing that we can pray. So prayer shows me God. It shows me God. Jesus taught us to pray, and the first thing he said was, Our Father in heaven. He says, when you pray, pray this, Our Father in heaven. Jeremiah said, When you pray to me, I will listen to you. You seek me 
with all your face, you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found, found by you, declares the Lord. James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Psalm 119, with my whole heart, I have sought you. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. So here we have all these scriptures that say, when we pray, we pray to our Father and we pray with our whole heart. And so this is where I want to start, that we are talking to someone. We're praying to our Father. And when we pray, the first and most important thing is to be aware of him. To be aware of him. Jesus spoke about the Pharisees and he accused them of being hypocrites in Luke eighteen eleven. And he said, this Pharisee prayed by himself and he prayed a sort of a phony prayer. He said, oh, Lord, I'm so glad I'm not like these other tax people and that. And I, I'm very generous and I do this and I do that. Rah, 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 rah. And, you know, he was praying to himself. He was just using words. It was a phony prayer. It wasn't real. He wasn't connecting with God. He was just sort of doing a religious exercise. And that's how some people pray. It's not, they're not praying to my father. They're praying, no. And don't think I'm just talking about old-fashioned churches. Pentecostals can do it as well. Like, you know, just a bit louder and a bit crazier. But we have to be aware. I'm like, we hear some people pray, I think, Are you aware that God's listening to you? Like just God, start with my father. Start with connecting and say, hello, God. Be aware that he is there. And when I first started to pray, I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing. Is God listening to me? I don't know. It's so weird. Like I'm just in a room by myself. I was like, God, like it was so weird. And this scripture really helped me. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That was my faith scripture when I began to pray. So I used to go, okay, I'm going to really try to pray. God, I I want you, God, I want to pray, I want to talk to you. And then I'd imagine that God would be on his throne and he'd go, okay, I'm coming closer too. And I'd go, oh, draw near to God and he draws near to you. And that was my faith. That's what I believed. And I started, and and sometimes, because when you start to pray, the devil says, oh, no one's listening. It's stupid or wasting your time. God doesn't listen to you. But as I, I don't know, if I, come close to God he starts to come close to me because he's polite he's loving he loves us I mean if you you know if you go to someone's home and they're sitting downstairs you knock on the door a a polite person if say they say they get up hi welcome they don't just go yeah come on they they get up and welcome they come close God's the same because he's loving to see his children loving to talk to you loves your heart loves it so we make that decision I'm going to connect and for some of us, we'll find it hard to connect. We will feel like I can't connect. And I'm going to look at some of the reasons that may be. But we've just got to decide to keep seeking because he said, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. So we've got to make that decision. I, I will find him. I preached on prayer the other day at, in the city and I was speaking about the face of God. He said, seek my face. Someone said, well, what, what do you see? Like, what does it look like? That's the question they ask. How, what do you mean? I said, well, everyone has their own relationship with God. But you've got to have a sense of what his response is because a face is a response, isn't it? It's like, I, I want to see his response. I can't see God clearly right now. One day in heaven we will. And his face will be so beautiful. Do you know you won't be able to stop looking at him? There'll be things to do in heaven. 
but we'll just want to keep looking at him. It'll be, you know, really, really, I mean, perhaps one of the most beautiful things in the world is the sunset. Although the most beautiful thing I've ever seen was the Aurora Borealis. But that's another story. But you didn't just look away when, you know, when the Aurora finally came, like you're standing outside in minus 20 for four hours. You didn't just sort of look away and go, oh, yeah, there's these amazing green lights like nothing I've ever seen in my life. I'll just look over here. You're going to, it was like, ha, 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 ha. I couldn't even look at, we had a system. Chris was up, we took it in turns. Chris was in bed because it was the middle of the night at minus 20. It was cold and, and we had a system that we would text the other person if we saw anything. And I, I saw it. I prayed it actually. I prayed for it to come because I was getting a bit ticked off. So I said, come in Jesus' name, Aurora. So it came. And, and then I didn't even want to look away to text Chris. I couldn't even look away. I was like, <gasps> and I remember I just found his name and then just texted letters. I dare not look away in case it stopped. I just went, blah, 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 and, it, and, and, just, and then, where's Sen, Sen, Sen. I didn't want to look away. So he had the funniest text. It was like, blah, 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 send. And I did it a couple of times. Blah, 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 send. And I think he got the message because he, and he came out. But you didn't look away. So beautiful. And his face is like that. In heaven, we, God's going to have to say, okay, guys, I know you've been worshipping for a thousand years. We really got to get on and do some other stuff, you know? It'll be like that. But it can be like that a little bit now. You can get to a place where you so love to see his face. That it's like you're late for every appointment you have because it's like, oh, I just wanted to pray a bit longer. I just want to pray a bit more. And he was like, you really, you got to go. You got to meet people. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So, and then you rush with everything else because the prayer was so important. It's like, oh, quick, I better do my hair and do everything I have. But it's what you want to do is to pray and see his face. This, if you, if you make a decision, I will seek your face. Then he says, I will, I'll let you find me. And you're like, well, why do you make it so hard, God? Because he's so precious. He wants us to know how precious he is. He doesn't hide from us. He hides for us. He hides so that we will seek. He hides so that we'll hunger. He hides so that, so that when we go there, we're like, oh, wow, I found it. The most precious things are not just lying all over the ground. You've got you to hunt, make something precious. And God's aware of that. And so he wants us to seek him. But it's not, it's not too hard to find him. You know, he's, he's as close as your room. As a, as, a, as a room alone. So let's make a decision to pray. I've been saying this to everyone lately and I'm going to tell the church, let's start with 10 minutes every day. Just 10 minutes. 10 minutes is long enough to connect. It really is. And I'm going to encourage every, I want our church to be a church that prays. We, we'll be a house of prayer. Now for some of you, I know that's ridiculous. I know some of you pray much, much more than that. But some of you don't pray 10 minutes a day and some of you have been struggling. And I'm not talking about 10 minutes in the car or walking or on the way to work. I'm not talking about that. That is fantastic. Pray all the time. Pray in the train, pray in the car, pray in a plane. Try it, try it. You will see. You you will like it just like me. So (laughs) pray everywhere. But you need to pray just you and God for 10 minutes alone, no distraction, nothing. Now the only people I'll give the slightest, little tiniest little dispensational forgiveness to uh, mothers with little kids because that is, that is hard. That is hard because, you, you, you know, you fight, you fight for that. When you, especially with, I don't know, with three, I'd had four and it was the, the toilet, it was, it was running outside in the bush. I, Mommy! I was like, but we found time. And so let's just make that decision. I'm going to pray 10 minutes a day. I said this to Jo Gooding a while ago and she's been breaking through and just use a clock. Now, I don't like to use a clock when I pray because I think just pray for as long as you can or just pray for as long as you want. But sometimes if you use a clock, it actually pushes you out to 10 minutes. 
Sometimes we, we pray for two minutes and we think, oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? And then you look up and you go, oh, that was only two minutes. Ten minutes. It's not much. I mean, the old guys, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, they'd be shocked that I even say that. But <laughs> we've got to start somewhere. I find if you pray for 10 minutes, you'll fall in love with prayer and then before long you'll be praying longer. But it's not about how long you pray. It's about the connection. It's about the love. So you put that time aside and, and I was talking to Jo about how it's going because she's found such a tremendous breakthrough with that sense of just making herself pray 10 minutes a day. And she said to me, the devil just hates us praying, doll. She said he just hates it. Tries everything to stop it, and she and I said, "What? What stops?" She goes, "Oh, everything! I've got to, I've got to write a note. I've got to do my hair. I've got to eat. I wasn't hungry before, but now all of a sudden I'm hungry." And when she said that, I thought it's true because the the last week I've been praying, and I went down to pray, and I noticed my carpet. Oh, gee, the carpet needs a vacuum. But I never normally worry about the carpet needing a vacuum, you know. But it's like I'm going to pray. The carpet needs a vacuum. No, no, I'm not going to do the carpet. Then the phone rings. Who is it? Ooh, nice phone call. No, no, no. Don't look. Don't look. I have to switch it on silent. And then, I mean, classic, I was going to pray and I just was going like this and went, gee, my neck feels sticky. I better go and wash my neck. I mean, what? Seriously, what? This is what happens when you go to pray. You will find everything comes into your mind. And then when you start to sit down and pray, it's like, okay, so now I I want to encourage you when you pray. You pray, you can pray however you like. You can stand up, sit down, whatever. But try to kneel sometimes. Not all the time. Some of you will have troubles with kneeling. But just try because I tell you something, It's so physical, isn't it? It's good to be physical. When you go like this, you feel like you're praying. I feel like I'm praying. Everyone looking at me, you think I'm praying right now, don't you? And it doesn't hurt to get our body in the position that we want our spirit to go into. It's good. So I pray like this. I mean, then I get up and walk around, but I come back to this. I've actually got a mat for my knees. I've got one of these spongy mats, so I'm nice and comfy. But I pray like this, and you need to find a spot. And I've got a great spot out my window and then I pray, and because it's the same spot, you can go there and it makes it easier to find a spot and go, Father. And I just pray the Lord's Prayer. I use it as a template. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Oh, God, you're so amazing. You're so wonderful. And I start by thanking him and, and loving him and telling him all the good things he does. I always start like that. Start with just, just loving him, just looking to him. And, and saying how great he is. And as soon as I start to do that, I feel, I, I feel his presence. And then I go to out, your kingdom come and I pray through all the, the issues I have. And for me personally, if someone asks me to pray, I write it in my diary because I found I always used to forget. So I write it in my diary. I have a, every week. Someone, I'm praying, I've got a weekly list. These are my prayer lists this week. And then I forget. I find, what? Your kingdom come. I thought, oh, what was that? So I, have, I need paper and pencil around me when I pray. So I go, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, I really want to pray for her. I pray because I forget things, but that's why I remember. And then the other thing that happens when you go to pray is you suddenly think of a million things that need to be done in the future, like, oh, you should ring that person. Oh, you didn't do that. You didn't do that. And you can get distracted. But I found it's actually the Holy Spirit often. He's telling me all this stuff. So what I do is I just write it down, ring this person, do that, do this, do this. And, I'm, and, and now I've learned to be grateful. I'm like, thank you, Holy Spirit. I've got all these things. Okay, there. That's, sometimes he gives me a whole day plan, a whole week plan. And it's like, oh, that's all I've got to do. Okay, we, we sorted all that. It's like, right, got all that done. Now go back to praying. It used to, it used to, I used to feel guilty that I had these thoughts. But now I just write them down. Thank God for reminding me stuff. Go back to praying. So I'm, I'm moving around. And I want to encourage you to do this, to just have this sense of, of real praying, of going to God and being real in prayer. Now I want to talk about 
praying with your whole heart because God wants our whole heart. And if we go to God with a part of our heart, there's going to come a time when he wants to, to show us areas in our heart that we need to, to talk to him about. Sometimes if prayer is not working for you, and I'm going to be kind of a little bit blunt here, it's actually because of sin. Because the Bible makes it quite clear that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Wow. There's actually about four times where the Bible says God's not going to hear your prayer. One is if husbands are unkind to their wives. It says that it will hinder your prayer. He says, the psalmist says, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thought and see if there is any wicked way in me. Who can discern his own areas? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. The Living Bible puts it like this. How can I know all the sins that are lurking in my heart? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. James says, you don't have because you don't ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So there's really things to be learned here. It's like, what's all this about? I thought you just said, you know, I go and pray and God loves me and it's all great and wonderful. And it is, but he's a jealous God. He loves us and he wants our whole heart. Can you imagine if Chris was having a conversation with me and we're chatting away? He says, honey, I just really want to talk. I'd love to talk to you. And then the phone rang. I said, just one sec. Oh, it's, it's that guy from hockey. You know, he just really wants to, he wants to ask me on a date. He wants me to go out, go out with him. Right when I'm talking to him and I'm talking to this other guy, Chris would be like, what? That would be completely unacceptable, especially when I'm saying that I'm praying or talking to him. But at any time, it's unacceptable. God wants everything. It's not acceptable to have any other God, little G, except God. Nothing's more important than God. It's actually breaking the first commandment. You say, I don't have time for prayer, Ruth. Well, what do you have time for? What do you have time for? You have time for your career? So does that mean your career comes before God? What do you have time for? But Ruth, I'm so busy. I just have time for my children. Oh, so your children come before God? I don't have time to pray, Ruth. I'm so busy. I've got so much on. So whatever is more important than that 10 minutes a day, then that's a little God. That comes. He said, no other God before me. Nothing comes before God. Even the vacuuming. God is first. It's the first commandment. And yet we break it all the time because we say, I haven't got time to pray. It's like, I haven't got time to talk to God who created me. I can't even breathe if he doesn't let me breathe. And yet I don't put him first. Who do we think we are? And then we have this idea that we can go to heaven and go, well, you know, I'm a good person, God. You should let me in heaven. It's like, hey, did you put him first? Did you break the first commandment? Because you're not a good person if you break the first commandment. You've got to put God first. Nothing before God. Nothing comes before prayer. Nothing. It's the most important thing. If your life is too busy to pray, your life is too busy. Get a new life. Seriously, get a new job. This is a very short time we're here on earth, you know. It's like 60, 70 years, maybe 84 if you live well. But it's a short time and then we're going to be in heaven for all eternity. All eternity. That's when life begins. That's when it all starts. This is just getting us ready for our calling, which is in heaven, which is when we're doing all sorts of wonderful things. And we've got a thousand year rule to deal with. We're going to be ruling the earth for a thousand years. Then he's going to get rid of this old earth, get a new one. There's lots of things happening. And this is preparation. This is not it. So if you think, oh, but I've got to have the best career ever. Do you? Do you really? Have a career that enables you to seek God. 
And then you'll have the right career and the right destiny. And maybe the world won't think you're so flash as if you had the best career that meant you had to sacrifice everything. But who cares? It won't matter in 60 or 70 years. Put God first. This is what the first commandment is, and it's because it matters. It's important. So you've got to be completely honest before God with my whole heart. The reason why some of us find it hard to pray is because when we go before God, there's issues, there's stuff, and we don't want to deal with it. I read a great book about prayer by R.A. Torrey, which if you're brave, read it. But believe me, you'll be terribly convicted. <laughs> so <laughs> I read this book and he, he said, you know, he was believing God for his ministry, for finances for his ministry. It was just coming in. He, he, he had never asked for money, just came in, came in, came in. And then one time it didn't come in. So like, why isn't it coming in? And he prayed about it and he just thought, well, the money's not coming in. And then at night he, he got worried about it and then he actually got sick and he had terrible pains. And he was, he, he was like, oh, God, what's going on? He went before God. And there'd been like a thing that God said, you need to deal with that. And he was like, no, no, that's, not, that's, that's fine. That's fine. It's not a thing. And he'd been ignoring it and God kept, you know, he'd pray and God, you need to deal. No, 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 no. That's, no, no I think that's just my, I think I'm just thinking that. That's not, that's not a thing. And finally he went, God... Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. You've got to deal with it. It's like, all right. All right, I'll deal with it. And the lovely thing is, that's your whole heart. See, we think we can go before God and say, you can have the lounge room and the, no, not the kitchen. <laughs> Are you kidding? I want to eat the way I want to eat. So you can have the lounge room. That's nice. I keep that tidy. And you can have the, um, well, a lot of people don't give them the garage either because I, I like to have my own cars and my own stuff going on there. And you can't have to study because that's, so pretty much just the lounge room. God, welcome into my life. Welcome into my heart. You can have the lounge room. Forget the bedroom, the kitchen, the study. Uh-uh-uh. No, he's not standing at the front. He's like, I want your whole heart. I want to go in every part, every room in your heart, which means we've got to open it, which means he might find things. I remember I had the exact same experience. I went through a terrible time once, a terrible time of persecution, and and God was so gentle and gracious with me. He was so loving. He kept telling me, I love you. You're good. You don't listen. It's beautiful. You're beautiful. And I was like, I was sad, but I was enjoying the presence of God, which was sweeter than usual because, because I was struggling. And, and then one time I went before God. I'm like, God. And I expected him to just pour out this lovely stuff. And it was kind of not, not there. It was like, I remember thinking, what? 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 And I just felt this kind of blankness. And I'm like, what, God, God, what? You know, and so when you feel that, you don't just back off and go, oh, I'm not praying today, it didn't work. You just go, you seek more. You go, come on, what, what? You go to, like, God, God, I love you, what's happening? And he showed me that there were things in my heart that were wrong. I said, is there something? Is there a thing? It's like, yeah, there's a thing. It's like, oh, what is it? And I'll tell you what it is because I, it was a difficult time and I was angry, but I don't do anger. He said, it's sarcasm and cynicism and speculation. I was sarcastic. That'd be right. Typical. I was cynical. Yeah, that's the way things work. And I was speculating. Oh, they're probably going to do it. And it it was wrong. It wasn't a good attitude. It wasn't honouring. And so I had to repent. When I see that, God, I'm sorry. And I repented. And he forgave me. And here's the thing. Okay. I think we've got done with most of the bad news. (laughs) Here's the thing. It's so easy. All you've got to do is confess and say, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I renounce those things. I'm not going there. 
and say sorry if we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Just like that. That's what Jesus did on the cross. So simple, so beautiful, so grace-filled. But we've got to access the grace by being honest. If we don't be honest with God, how can he show us that grace? We're locking it up. We don't, we feel like, and it's wonderful to get rid of sin. It just, it's freedom. It feels so much better. Don't, don't hold it in. Just admit it. I was wrong. I'm sorry. It's so beautiful. And then there's freedom. And yes, you have to change. I just stop being sarcastic. I'm not generally, now I use it just the tiniest little bit like Paul, just, in, just for the odd purposes of discipline, but generally not. And that's just lovely freedom. There's lovely freedom in that. So bring your whole heart. Maybe your heart today is, I haven't prayed at all. I hardly pray. So tell God that. Say, God, I'm really sorry. I, haven't, I don't pray much. I haven't. Tell him. Start from today. Start again. My heart is that we'll be a house of prayer that all of us will pray every day and that we'll start fresh and it'll be a new thing. And boy, the power that will break out in this place. We're all praying every day. Can you imagine? I want you to pray for me every day. And Chris, we'll be so much better if you're praying for us. Honestly, you can't imagine how much we need your prayers. We'll be better leaders. You pray for these guys on the front row. Pray for the musos. You see things you don't like in this church, pray about it. Don't get cross. If you pray, it'll probably change because you're the one seeing it. You can see, oh, that's not very good. Pray. Make it good. And God might even say, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) So it's so exciting what is available to us in prayer. And just to get free and give him your whole heart, it's lovely. It's so much better. Give him your whole heart. With my whole heart, I will seek you until I see your smile, until I have a sense. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Thank you for your grace. Thank you. We've been justified by faith. By faith we can go before God. Maybe you've not even get, ever got right with God or you're a long way from God. You don't talk to him at all. You can get right with God today and start this amazing journey of knowing the most beautiful, wonderful Father that you could imagine. Praise God. Now prayer, not only does it set us free and shows us God, but it gives us real peace and real joy about everything. Paul says this, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Now, I've just got the best story about this. Don't worry about anything. Every single day when I get up, I have several issues that immediately attack me with worry. And most of you would too, with any kind of responsibility. It's like, Oh, what's happening with this kid? What's happening with that? What, the money, what, the church, what, this person. Oh, well, huh, oh no. And then you open Facebook. It's like, oh my, oh, and then you the newspaper. The whole world's falling apart. It's like, oh, it's just terrible. But God says, don't worry about anything. So as soon as I worry, that means I need to pray. That's my signal. It's like I need to pray. Okay, I pray about this kid. I pray about that, and I pray, and I give it to God. Your kingdom come. I pray for the kingdom of God. I mean, I pray about everything. I pray about hockey. I've got a difficult woman in my hockey team. I'm praying about her. I pray about everything. And God will answer and he'll show you the way through. And sometimes it takes a bit of time to get the answer and you're not quite sure what's going on. But that's where you keep going. Now, Colin and Colleen George. I just love this story. About two or three years ago, Colin lost Colleen's Bible. Is that correct? Two years? Three years? Three years ago, 
in our church at Woodport, Colin lost Colleen's Bible. What were you thinking, Colin? It didn't look after your own wife's Bible. And anyway, we've, we, but, you know, and he searched and searched like a good husband would for the Bible. He searched the church. He searched the library. He searched their house. You both searched, right? And you must have loved this Bible, Colleen. You did love it. Okay. So they were searching for the Bible and they didn't find it. But Colin never gave up. And the other day we preached about something. I don't know what it was. And Colin walked out of the church and he just, he was, he said to me, I was really, God, I want that Bible. And he was really angry about it. I think, you know, quite angry, quite sort of desperate with God. Is that right, Colin? Yeah, yeah. He'll tell you the story. It's a great story. So then he gets kind of, I want the Bible back. And what I love about this story is, who would make such an effort nowadays about a Bible? That's what I just love the, I love everything about this story that you didn't just go, oh, who cares? Buy another Bible. You know what? It's like 50 bucks. <laughs> go online. You know, I mean, I just love the, the diligence of looking after one Bible for a start. But the persistence after three years, you refuse to give up is amazing. And then he pray, he's still praying about it. So they go home and they have a, some kind of hall stand. You can, you can tell you the story. And he just happened to look at the hall stand and the Bible was on the hall stand. Is that right? It was on the hall stand. It was just there. He said he was, that's right, he wanted to know, he was drawn to it, he was drawn to look there. But it's like in their hall, I don't imagine it's somewhere that he doesn't ever look, and there was the Bible. After this desperate prayer, he got it back. I'm just like, and he was so excited, came, came the next week to tell me and I'm so glad they got the Bible back. I'm just like, it's just so wonderful. I love that story. Who? Okay, it was given to you by your mum. Colleen's trying, Colleen's trying to explain why. Yeah, it's a precious Bible. But isn't that a beautiful story? That God, how, I mean, come on. The angels must have put it there. How could they not have seen it there? They just went, let's just give them their Bible back. Look, they, they, got it, they probably got it from the bottom of some random person's car or something. I don't know. And let's just, let's just pop it on the hat stand, shall we? And there it was. Because how could it have been there the whole time? You know? That's just a lovely, beautiful answer to prayer. And, and this is why we have such joy and peace when we pray. Because God cares about little things. He cares about big things. He cares about everything. And we seek him, we'll find answers. All kinds of answers. I was thinking about Eleanor about two or three years ago got terribly sick. Do you remember? With a, a strong localised pain in her abdomen that was so severe, she went to hospital. And we don't do that. They wouldn't even let you leave. So she goes to hospital. We don't do hospital. I mean, my kids were lucky to get a Panadol. I'm like, pray and get healed. And like, okay, mom. You know? so, so Eleanor goes to hospital and, and they were suspected appendicitis. So they kept her overnight. So we we're all praying, like, what's going on? It was, it was awful. It was serious. And you, you, when you don't know what something is, it's frightening. And so they, they ruled out appendicitis, but then one of the doctors said, well, it's, it must be gallstones. So then they were just about to do an MRI. And we're all praying. Everyone's praying for her because she's got this strange pain. And then she went to do the MRI and they couldn't, you did do it, and they, ultrasound, and they couldn't find them. They just weren't there. And so then the nurse said, well, you must have passed them because you, they don't, it, this just doesn't disappear. And you know, apparently, I've never had it, but apparently if you pass gallstones, you know about it. So she said, well, no, I didn't. The, so the gallstones, the pain, the problem, everything just disappeared. No answer. The hospital went, oh, well, you can go home. It's all gone. But we were praying. 
And so you see, don't, don't be anxious. Pray. And if praying for 10 minutes doesn't get rid of the anxiety, pray longer until you can press in and get the word of God. Prayer opens us to this most exciting work that we are involved in with God that changes us from the inside out. And it changes our family and it changes our church and it changes our region. It changes our nation. It's such an exciting place to be, to pray with God and see, see these things come to pass. And as Jay John said, when we pray, amazing coincidence happen. When we don't, they don't. People can say, oh, they, they, well, you know, you just got healed. They, 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 the Bible's there all the time. It's like, yeah, but this happens to us all the time, like a lot. So prayer is happening. Fiona Hull, she's not, she must be with the kids. She came to see me about her job, which was a little, she was finding a little, you know, she was getting, it was getting a bit mundane. She needed to change. She, we're praying about guidance. You know, God will guide us in prayer. And he, she, she wanted guidance from God about her job and maybe something to make it a little bit more interesting. So she comes back to me. We pray about it. And we've got different ideas about her job. She comes back to me and she went to work. And she works with, in, in Mark and Darlene Check's business. So Darlene Check wanted her to go on an all-expenses-paid trip to Ghana as her personal videographer. So she, she did. She went. She went to Africa and had this amazing trip with Darlene and Mark just hanging out and, and seeing this whole thing. And I'm like, wow, so that was a little bit more exciting than your everyday Monday. I mean, how's that? What? What? That's a fantastic answer to prayer. It's like, my job's a bit boring, God. Oh, fine. You want to go on a trip to Ghana? I was like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, answers to prayer. God is amazing. God is amazing. I'm going to finish now with this. Prayer will make you glorious. It will make you glorious. I mean, there's so much I could pray. I could preach on prayer for six months. I just want you to do it. And I want you to make that decision to take a hold of the Lord's Prayer, take a hold of 10 minutes and pray because there is answers, there's change, there's excitement and you become more beautiful. We with unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into his image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. As we pray and look at him, as like his glory rubs off on us. And he transforms us to be the person we are meant to be. I'm going to be the ultimate Ruth because I pray and seek him. And you are going to be the ultimate you, the best version of you imaginable as you pray. And that's the attitude we've got to have is I just want to pray. I seek God in prayer. So this story is just going to give you the attitude I want towards prayer. You know, you can be underwater for quite a while. Some people longer than others. And when I was little, we used to play underwater tea parties in our pool. We'd get underwater and we can have a tea party underwater. And people fish underwater and people do stuff underwater. And some people can be underwater for a long time. But there comes a point where you need to know that you need air. You've got to get air. And my brother played this game with me called dunkings, which I didn't like very much. But what the game was, was he would dunk me and hold me underwater until I thought I was going to die and then he'd let me up. To have a quick breath. And, I, so, and then I'd be struggling and fighting him and he was stronger than me and then he finally let me come and go, and then he pulled me down again. And it was a ter- I didn't like this game. It was a terrible game. I'm sure a couple of times I felt like I was starting to pass out and then he'd let me up again. I, don't, I couldn't say anything because then he pushed me down again. Yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I had a tough time. 
And I remember once, I distinctly remember coming up for breath and he didn't, I didn't get the breath. So he's analysing how long he thinks I can stand along. It's like, oh, I didn't get the breath. You know, it's like, oh, man. And I always remember that when you're not getting that breath, you're so desperate. I was throwing him and kicking him underwater and just attacking him and like, let me get up and breathe. It was a terrible thing, a terrible game. I, I don't think you should let your children play this game. <laughs> so, oh. Okay, so it must be genetic or something because these three children of mine say that Hudson played this game with them too. <laughs> I'm really sorry, guys. I didn't know. You, you were very quiet underwater, but let me just say, I feel your pain. I know how it feels. So anyway, <laughs> it's so funny that they play that. I really didn't know that until right now. <laughs> okay, Don't play this game. However, now you understand the same feeling is that when you need breath, when you need breath, you need breath. This is what it's like to need God. You might think you're doing just fine underwater. You might think you've got your little tea parties and your little life going on, but you need to breathe. Your spirit needs God. And if you're not praying and knowing him and spending time with him, you're underwater and you're going to die. You're going to drown. You're going to be overwhelmed with the the tides and waves and billows of this life. And you'll drown without even realising it because you need him. You need God just like you need air. You need him to be with him, to pray to him, to know him, to know him more. So let me encourage you today to pray Always pray, always. We hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.